Could it be good news that Jesus ascended to the Father, that Jesus left the disciples? Now, this is Wednesday, August 9th, and that question may sound conceptual, so let's make it real. Jesus limited himself by taking on human flesh. That meant he could only be in one place at one time. He had limited time in each day, 24 hours, just like each of us have. He became tired and he needed sleep. He had to make choices about how to use his time just as each of us do. But something would soon happen that would change all of that. He would go to the cross, then the resurrection, and soon he would ascend to the Father. And what he left with his disciples, the one he left, would not have those limitations. Everything would change for the disciples. Here's how Jesus described it. This is John 16, verse 7 to 11. And very truly, I tell you, it is good for you that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me about righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer, and about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Now, of course, as Jesus is speaking with the disciples, the reality is beginning to sink in. He will be leaving them, and they're going to grieve, and Jesus is everything to them. They cannot imagine life without Jesus. But Jesus has greater plans for them and for the spreading of the gospels, the gospel. He tells the disciples that it's good that he is going. And at this point, they cannot understand this. As a pastor, I've had the privilege of being at the bedside of at the passing of many people. It's a holy moment, like being present at a birth. You can have the feeling that a lightning flash has gone across the sky and then gone out before your very eyes. It's just a moment. Often, there's relief. The way has been hard and exhausting, and it's been painful to watch. But there's also power there as well. You realize how much people mean to you, and you begin to feel what the loss will mean in your life. Each person has something of a gravitational pull, however small, and when the pull is missing, the orbit of your life is going to shift. The disciples just cannot imagine the shift that will take place when Jesus is gone. But the truth is, someone new will arrive just as Jesus leaves. His Spirit. This is the third person of the Trinity. And the Spirit will not have the limitations Jesus had during his earthly ministry. He will be present with each of the disciples, present and real. The Spirit can be present everywhere, in every time and with everyone. Jesus tells the disciples they will not be orphans, they will not be alone. Also, the Spirit never tires, but will forever be an advocate for them and also with them. Years ago, one of our Granada women could see that her days were short and she asked to be with me. When we met, she made some requests. She asked me to watch over her husband, to keep an eye on her son, a man that I didn't know very well at all at the time. She told me about the service to be conducted to celebrate her life. Clearly, she had thought everything 
well, through very well. And she had a plan. So what was Jesus' plan? Now that he was returning to the Father, his spirit, the spirit of God, would apply all that Jesus had done for the world. What would it look like? Jesus explains, the spirit would vindicate or prove the ministry of Jesus. Jesus said he will prove to the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. How will the spirit do that? And what will that look like? Well, first, the Spirit will do that through the lives of extraordinary people, beginning with the disciples of Jesus. Their fear at the death of Jesus will be transformed into courage to share the message boldly and to spread out across the world on mission. Each of them will leave a legacy of love and sacrifice, and their lives will become an indictment of the world. They will stand before governors and magistrates willing to risk their lives for the sake of Jesus. Now, Jesus spoke of the Spirit, showing the world it is wrong about sin and righteousness and justice. And the presence of the disciples will reveal the sin of the world and will show people what the gospel means. How so? I remember years ago, Billy Graham was at a world conference on evangelism where he met a young man that shared his story. That young man had been away one day from his people, his village, for business, when he met someone that shared the gospel with him. He had such joy in hearing that God loved him that he came to believe in Jesus right then. When he returned to his village, he couldn't wait to tell everyone about Jesus. But when he began to explain that he and they were all sinners in need of forgiveness and that That is why Jesus came. His own people became very angry, and soon anger turned to violence, and his own people beat him and sent him from the village, asking him never to return. But he did return some days later, with even greater resolve. But then the people, with the elders of his village, they had so much pride in who they were that they beat him even worse. It was at this time as he bled from their wounds that he explained the mistreatment of Jesus and how Jesus did not respond with violence but only love. He explained how Jesus called out for the forgiveness of those who had hurt him and killed him even as he was dying. And finally seeing the blood of that young man, one of their own, and knowing the sacrifice he had made to return to the village, the truth was seen for the first time. You see, this young man had been willing to lay down his own life out of love for his people. Hearts were broken in the process and changed. Billy Graham, when he heard about this, he told the young man, I am not worthy to untie your sandals. You see, as the disciples went out, the Holy Spirit worked through their lives to reveal the truth about Jesus to the world. Why did people become so angry when the apostles shared a message of God's grace? You see, they were being convicted of sin, guilt, and judgment. It was the Spirit of God working through the lives of the disciples that revealed the truth about sin in the world. It is reported that some Roman magistrates just couldn't understand the imperial order to persecute and kill Christians when it was clear that Christians had done nothing to deserve it. They felt convicted, though they carried out their orders. And as the number of believers grew, the Spirit worked through them 
to show forth a love and kindness that had never been seen in the world. People became convicted by their lives. But I think there was a second way that the Spirit worked to prove the truth about sin and righteousness and judgment. It was also through the words of the apostles. The apostles, led by the Spirit of God, recorded the truth of God for the world to read. The Gospels became available within a generation of the cross of Jesus, and the letters of the church were already widely available by then. The apostles spread the word through their voices and through what they wrote about Jesus, through what they taught. And the word has the power to convict sin, or the Holy Spirit uses the word, you might say, to reveal and change hearts as they are enlightened through that work of the Spirit. It was the Spirit that carried along the writers that wrote the New Testament and convicted the readers. And the Spirit is continuing to do this work today. Now, we're not writing new books for the Bible. That's true. But we can have lives that show forth the grace, the gospel of grace, to a watching world to reveal sin and righteousness and judgment. Let's pray. Holy and faithful Lord, remind us today of our mission. Thank you for providing your spirit to fill us, to guide us and teach us, and to work through us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.